The views, opinions, and comments expressed by hosts, guests, and callers of this show are not necessarily those of this station, its parent company, Telesouth Media, its staff, management, or advertisers. Content of this broadcast cannot be duplicated or used in any way without the express written consent of Telesouth Media Incorporated. Now, join us for Advisors Roundtable with your hosts, Certified Financial Planners, Greg Cooley and Bubba Labus. It's professional advice for your life. Welcome to the Advisors Roundtable. Certified Financial Planners, Greg Cooley and Bubba Labus here on Super Talk Radio. Always great to be with you. And thanks a lot to all of our fine sponsors for making it possible. So, Bubba, uh, are there certain things that are just consistently bring you frustration i mean you can see it coming oh. huh? you know like i walk into one of my kids rooms mm-hmm. and uh, the, the same excuses about why it's not in order and you know the youngest one's 18 mm-hmm. uh, you're going off to college here and uh, i hope you're ready for adulting but this room looks like a seven-year-old what about leaving the room and not turning the light off oh man <laughs> or even worse a closet with the yeah. light left on. Mm-hmm. I mean, what are you trying to do? Right. Yeah. Make sure that all the garments are not afraid of the dark. Mm-hmm. <laughs> not that I've used that, right. that saying before. So there are some consistent things that bring you frustration. Oh, yeah. I think everybody has those, right? Yeah. Financial things that bring you frustration, whether about yourself or your family member or yeah, your clients. Could. Yeah. Yeah. What about buying a car? Um, is that a frustrating process for most people? I think for most people it is. I think you're right. Yeah. First of all, you know, a lot of us don't know anything about mechanics. Right. So we don't know if we're getting a good deal or not. Mm-hmm. We just know we, we like the size and the speed and the color and, and the body shape and maybe the price. And so that determines whether we buy the car or not. How- how many people go and buy a car and insist on opening the hood to look at the engine and they don't even know what they're looking at, right? No, well, no, yeah, no. I think that's the motor, but yeah. I don't know yeah. if that's the water pump or the battery, yeah. right? I remember when I took driver's ed back mm-hmm. in the 1970s, you know, they made us know some mm-hmm. of the basic stuff, you know, uh, where the battery was. And mm-hmm. back then there were spark plugs, right. you know, that you mm-hmm. could see and, and a distributor cap mm-hmm. that you could see and a breather that you, you know where it knew where it was and how to change this filter and that filter. Right. Now you open that thing up, it looks like a glorified computer, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. So, you know, even if you have some basic knowledge from 40 or 50 years ago, you really got to think. Okay, now, uh, yeah, right there is where that is, and that does connect to that, and I get, yeah, that's where the exhaust system is. I I recently did Boy Scout camp um, uh, up at Pickwick, Mm -hmm. and had the... the, the ability to, to show some of these Boy Scouts uh, for an auto maintenance maintenance merit badge. All right. Right? Yeah. So we went through the, an old vehicle that I've got, and I showed them where the engine was and the spark plugs, and this is how you change the oil and the battery, and this is how you change a tire, and a number of different requirements, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. To do that, and, and, and I would say most of them enjoyed it. Yeah. Uh, but a couple of them really took to it. Mm. Uh, and took to it so much so that uh, I think that they've already acquired old lawnmowers <laughs> to rebuild. Yeah. 
So yeah. I, I think that yeah. was kind of fun for them. Yeah, you got to have fuel. You got to have spark. Yeah. You know, all that basic yeah. stuff. So it's good to know that mm-hmm. stuff. And if you don't know it, buying a car would even be that much yeah. more frustrating. Mm-hmm. I just think that the process of buying an automobile is so intimidating by people. Yeah. And then you go into the auto uh, showroom and they put you through that dance. Mm-hmm. You know, the one where the guy comes up and he's your long lost friend right. and he's glad to see you. Mm-hmm. And which one do you like? And can I help you? And, you know, you spend 20 or 30 minutes with him, maybe do the test drive. And then you come back and then he, he almost goes ignorant on you. Right. Well, I really don't know how much we'll sell it for. Let me talk to the sales manager. Mm-hmm. And then he disappears. Do you think he really goes and talks to anybody? Or is it just part of the dance? Well, I, sometimes I wonder if they just go and take a break somewhere, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and they do it the same. You know, yeah. you, you go to the Acura yeah. dealership or you go to the Chevrolet dealership. You know, you and they walk up to that that, uh, that center area in the dealership, right? Mm-hmm. And, and the sales manager's elevated on this position <laughs> up on high, right? Yeah. And you know they're up there talking about baseball or yeah. whatever they're doing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you know, I'm just... I'm banging my fist here, saying I want this better deal, and oh, then yeah. they come back. Well, no, we couldn't do that. No, we can't do that. Mm-hmm. We we can't give you a reasonable amount for your mm-hmm. trade in. Right? Are you crazy? Yeah, and and you you want whatever. So what I want to do today is talk about that frustration mm-hmm. and about buying an automobile and some things you just don't want to do. When you're at the dealership, there are certain things you don't want to say, certain body language you don't want to reveal to them. Because guess what? They've gone to training. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. They've been trained at this. You haven't done this in seven or eight years since the last time you were put through Mm -hmm. this ringer. Yeah. And then you, and you didn't like it then. You didn't like it then. Mm-hmm. So you tried to put it out of your mind and out of your consciousness. So you haven't thought about it again. Now mm-hmm. it's time to buy another vehicle. Yeah. And so here you are. Guess what? They're doing this multiple times every day. They have had to sit and watch videos. They've had to take tests. Mm-hmm. They, they're, they're prepared. It's kind of like we pointed out before. You go into the grocery store. Guess what? They don't put those bass carts where they put them mm-hmm. just by happenstance. Yep. A long time ago, some very smart people decided how high the shelves ought to be mm-hmm. and where the de- the laundry detergent ought to be and where the dairy ought to be yeah. and where the meat and that there's a really good science behind it. Isn't all it that. amazing how the first thing you walk through is all the fresh fruits? Oh yeah. yeah. And just about any grocery store that you go to, the the direction of travel is through the fresh fruits. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they, vegetables. Yeah, they're setting you up yeah. for something. Yeah. Well, those are the perishable items. Well, of course. Right? Yeah. Uh-huh. They smell good. Yeah. They look good. They're all colorful. Yeah. Also, a little bit of profit in there for the, the guy who owns the store. Right. Mm-hmm. They're, they're, so there's there's really thought going into all these businesses, specifically the car business. So we're going to talk today about five or six things you should not say. When you're going to buy your next car here at the Advisors Roundtable on Super Talk Radio.
Welcome back to the Advisors Roundtable, Certified Financial Planners, Bubba Labus, and yours truly, Greg Cooley, with you here on Super Talk Radio. We're talking about buying a car and some things you should or should not say. You know, you watch one of those crime dramas on television, Bubba, and they're going to take the guy to, to jail, and they're reading him and his mm-hmm. rights, and they, they say something like about, uh, you know, what you, you, you say can and will be used against right. you, right? Mm-hmm. That's part of the right Miranda. to remain silent. Uh, yeah, yeah. That, all that right to remain mm-hmm. silent. The same thing can be said for going to mm-hmm. uh, buy a car. You have the right to remain silent. You don't have to give them specific answers to everything they ask. Uh, and what you say can be used against you because they've been taught, as we pointed mm-hmm. out, uh, to listen to what you say, right. to um, understand you're going to say certain things. And so they, uh, when, once you say those things, they, they know that, ooh, we probably got him. And so all we need, need to do the rest of the next two hours is just not mess it up. Mm-hmm. All right. So yeah. uh, let's don't let them know too much. So what's the first thing you shouldn't say? It is, I love this car. I was going to say that. <laughs> yeah. Huh? Yeah. You know, you, you, you go up then and you look at that car and it's been eight or ten years since you bought an, uh, another mm-hmm. one. And, you know, you got the new car fever and this one's the right color. And it smells good. And it's either new or they've sprayed the stuff in there on the carpet mm-hmm. and the upholstery to right. make you think it's really smelling like it's new. And you like how fast it drives and how well it handles. Yep. The guy's in the car with you and you're doing that, that test drive and you let it out. It's just, mm-hmm. it comes out of your mouth. You can't control yourself. I love this car. What do you think they're thinking? Uh, hook, line, and sinker. We got them. Absolutely. Yeah. It's kind of like well, one of those fish, you're, you're mm-hmm. bass fishing. Yeah. And if you could hear the bass, you know, down in there, oh, I love spinner baits. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just love the taste and the look and the reflection of the spinner bait. Yep. And so you throw that bait in there. What, you know, why did you use spinner bait? Because mm-hmm. he told you he liked right. them. And so if this person tells you, you know, if you, if you let it, be known to the the salesman. I love this car. Mm. They know they've got you. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, despite afterward, if you start out with "I love this car," and then twenty minutes later you start trying to get tough on your negotiation, yep. in the back of their mind, they, they know that's just that's just uh, bluster. Mm-hmm. You know, that's just him blowing smoke because I know he loves it. Right. He's already told me he loves it. Uh, somebody told me that when they were uh, trained in, in this industry, uh, and, and by the way, if you know, you're in the car industry, I don't have anything against you. No. Huh? I, I like car salesmen, and I mm-hmm. like cars, and I like automobiles, and I know that the automotive uh, industry is a big part of our economy. I'm just trying to prepare people. If there weren't car salesmen, who would sell you a car? Uh, yeah. You know? Yeah, and quite actually, sometimes you go on the lot and you really don't know that, you know, you've got two or three models in mind. I think many times uh, car salesmen get a bad rap. Yeah. Um, You know, much like insurance salesmen Mm -hmm. get a bad rap and like attorneys get a bad rap, Mm -hmm. maybe even financial. And there may uh, have been times when there was one uh, individual or a small proportion of the population of those individuals. Mm Mm-hmm who are bad actors and not really good at what they do and not ethical, yeah. right? I mean, all the way from preachers and teachers yeah. all the way up to bankers and, and I politicians. Think it, I think it could taint the whole profession. Yeah. 
You know, one bad apple spoils mm-hmm. a whole bunch is yeah. what they say, yeah. right? Yeah. But I, I would say generally speaking, I, you know, most uh, car salesmen uh, and, and dealerships, for that matter, that I've dealt with are good, honest, ethical folks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I just want it to be fair. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If they've done all this training... Yep. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And if they've been thinking about it and they do it multiple times a week and you haven't done it for eight years, right. I want you to at least go in on equal footing. It's kind of like if you and our executive producer mm-hmm. over there, Phil, decided you're going to have a fight out here. Yeah. You know, he brings a, a pipe to the fight. Right. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> I either want him to drop the pipe or I'm going to throw one to you. Right. I mean, I mm-hmm. want it to be fair. Sure. Huh? And so, quite actually, I think that it ought, this ought to be fair, and that's the reason we're doing this segment, uh, so that it, it is fair for you. And really and truly, I, I just want you, as in any negotiation, you're buying a house, mm-hmm. you're going to buy a car, you're negotiating some kind of business deal, and you're going to buy a business. I just want it to be um, where you're careful what you say and how you say it, and think about things. Right. Because when you tell me you love something, mm-hmm. I mean, really and truly, especially for men, how often do you use that word to other people? Huh? How often do you say, oh, I just love it? Now, I know. You ladies, may be talking about your spouse. Yeah, and your kids. Occasionally your kids, <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, very few mm-hmm. times do you say the word love. But if you right. get in a car with some dude you just met five minutes ago. Right. Huh? Mm-hmm. And you're driving. I mean, just think about this practically. And you're driving down the road, and within ten minutes, you profess your love mm-hmm. for this automobile. Right. The dude knows you're hooked. Right. So let's just watch what what we say there. I think you need to be a little. So if you don't need to say that, don't need to say mm-hmm. I love this car. What do you need to do? You need to be non-committal. Right. Well, I don't know. Yeah, maybe it's what I like, or. Yeah, uh, maybe this will do. Or yeah, oh, I, I haven't driven enough stuff yet. Yeah, I haven't driven the other one. Right. And there, there's another one I'd like to, to mm-hmm. at least give a chance. And uh, how and much? Again, my car is still okay. It only yeah, has one I have. Thousand miles yeah, on it. Yeah, the one I have yeah. is not bad. I hope you like the one I have. Mm-hmm. Turn it back on him. Right. What mm-hmm. do you think about the car I have, and I'm thinking right. about trading in? Mm-hmm. Huh? And how much leg room is really back there in that second row? Right. Um, so be more non-committal and think about it as a negotiation. So number one, don't say I love this car within mm-hmm. the first fifteen minutes. Next one, don't tell them what your payment needs to be. Right. Don't say you know I really I, I like this car, but I don't know if I can you know I, I really need it to be three hundred and fifty dollars mm-hmm. a month. You know what they're thinking? He's already basically shown me his wallet. Right. Mm-hmm. Huh. Three hundred and fifty a month. Yeah. They're thinking, yeah, I'd, you know, if you do that it means, over, yeah, okay, we can we can either stretch it out from three years to to eight years. Yeah, we, you know, we'll finance this joker for eight years. Yeah, you yeah. got good credit. Yeah, if you know Phil came in, mm-hmm. he did it over three years, and his payment was four seventy five mm-hmm. a month. We'll just redo the amortization. Seventy two months, mm-hmm. baby. We can make it at three fifty. Three forty five. That's right. Many people are only thinking about the monthly payment. Mm-hmm. That's, that's all they're thinking about. 
Now, if I'm only thinking about the monthly payment, what are the two component parts of the payment? The principal, principal and interest. And the interest. Mm-hmm. If I only am thinking about the monthly payment, I'm really not concentrated on the... Uh, on the price of the vehicle. Yeah. The big number. Because, mm-hmm. man, $36,000 sounds like a whole lot of money. Right. But when you tell me it's only $410 a month, mm-hmm. ooh, well, I, I can do four ten. Right. But how much interest is in that mm-hmm. 80 months worth of payments? Right. Well, I don't know. That's that's math, isn't it, mm-hmm. isn't it Bubba? And yeah. math. We intimid- don't like math. No, math intimidates yeah. us. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's a forbidden mm-hmm. phrase if you are one of those monthly payment buyers. Um, and and quite actually, it's it's one of the favorite weapons of car salesmen because they're taught to try to figure that out. Mm-hmm. Well, Bubba, I know it's thirty six thousand uh, dollars, but. Uh, could you live with $410 a month and just leave it hanging mm-hmm. and see what you say? If you say, oh, that's a little high. And they say, well, you know, maybe I can talk to, here's another guy that I don't know if he exists or not. Mm-hmm. I can talk to our finance guy. Yeah, I'll talk to the finance guy and maybe we can get it down to three fifty. dollars yeah. and they leave that hanging out there mm-hmm. and see what your response is. What about, what about, and this is where I'm, I'm going to be a, a little bit condescending towards uh, maybe maybe some of the, the car dealers mm-hmm. when they say, well, what about 350 a month? And, you know, the customer comes back and says, well, I can't afford, afford that. Well, how about $100 a week? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. I can do yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. And quite actually, not only is that condescending toward the car dealer, it's really condescending, condescending towards the, the, t- consumer toward the buyer because yeah. the consumer basically has told you, I don't know how to do math. Right. <laughs> I don't know that $100 a week is more than $350 a month. Right. You would not be surprised how mm-hmm. many, or you would be surprised how many times that's used right. every day in America. Because mm-hmm. a lot of us are living paycheck to paycheck. Sure. Aren't we? Mm-hmm. And $350 a month, mm-hmm. that means 30 days worth of me trying to budget. But if you tell me ten or or a hundred dollars a week, right? Well, man, I just get paid every week, so I just take a hundred dollars off the top. That'd be easier, right? But I don't realize that's a whole mm-hmm. lot more money, yeah. especially over forty-eight months mm-hmm. or sixty months or seventy-two months. It adds up. It does. We're trying to give you some education so that the playing field is a little more level. Mm-hmm. And so you're a little more prepared. So let's review so far before we go to this break. First thing not to say is... That you love the vehicle. I love the car. Yeah. The second thing not to do is to let them know what the payment is. Right. I can live with $350. Mm -hmm. Be a little more evasive there. Right. And think of it as a negotiation. Mm -hmm. Going to take a break here at the Advisors Roundtable. Come back on Super Talk Radio and continue to talk about how to make sure that the playing field is level when you buy your next car. Welcome back to the Advisors Roundtable. Certified Financial Planners Greg Cooley and Bubba Labus with you on this portion of the show on Super Talk Radio. So Bubba, we're talking about uh, buying a car and some things you don't want to say. First thing you don't want to say is I love this car. Secondly is I got to have a monthly payment of $350. Don't let them know what your minimum payment is or maximum payment is. The third one is, 
But before you do that, one, mm-hmm. one other thing that mm-hmm. kind of struck me about talking about um, what your payment would be, mm-hmm. right? Um, I think that when you're buying a vehicle, it's more important to come down to uh, what would be the cash price? Yeah. What's the total cost of the vehicle mm-hmm. that you're going to get, right? Mm-hmm. And if financing is a nece- uh, necessity or a need, mm-hmm. um, then you talk about financing in the second step. Mm-hmm. So get the price of the vehicle mm-hmm. first mm-hmm. and then talk about financing later if that's going to be an or, you know, you know, tell them you're a cash buyer yeah. or you're going to pay a check, yeah. right? Yeah. They don't yeah. need to know that you you might want to consider financing. Yeah. Or you may have financing yeah. somewhere else yeah. already mm-hmm. uh, set up. Right. So technically, from mm-hmm. their point of view, you are writing yeah. a check. The last vehicle that I bought, uh, I went through all that and, you know, decided on the on the price and we were good with that. And then and then I talked about financing, which I got at point nine percent, point nine percent. So you you had the decision to make. Right. Do I write a check mm-hmm. or do I leave my money at work, maybe in the market or right. in investments mm-hmm. or available to me for another project down the road? Right. And pay 0.9%. Mm-hmm. So, oh, did you finance it, what, for three or four years? Uh, three years. Okay. Uh, yeah. All right. So, how much total interest did you pay over three I, years? You I'd went? have to go back and calculate it, and, and based on what I financed, but I think it was $368 <laughs> over a three-year period. Now, that's not a bad fee. That's not a bad fee. No. No. And you got to keep your twenty or $30,000 in your yeah. hand. Mm-hmm. Um. So that that's that's not and and we're going to talk about that later about making the decision about cash right. and financing how to choose financing sources mm-hmm. and and that sort of thing because it is part of the whole deal. Sure. Yeah, you know, you probably ought to think about this and do some calculation, maybe some math mm-hmm. before you even go on the lot. Before you even go on the lot. Boy, I wonder how many of us just drive down the road mm-hmm. and. You know, we've had the new car itch for a couple days, mm-hmm. and we just whip in there. Yep. Almost becomes an emotional decision yep. then, right? Mm-hmm. And it is a major financial. An hour later, you're driving out with a new Hellcat. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and quite actually, other than a house mm-hmm. and your retirement and paying for your kid's right. college, buying automobiles throughout your life, just think about how much money yep. you're mm-hmm. going to spend on automobiles. Well, don't forget planning for vacation, too. Oh, yeah, it's yeah. in there somewhere. Right. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, when you start thinking about the total cost. Yeah, major purchases. Yeah. Because, right. you know, retirement's going to cost you a few hundred thousand dollars, and a house is going to cost you $100,000 or more over mm-hmm. your lifetime because you're going to have to pay interest and the principal. Right. Um, and sending those kids to college, I mm-hmm. can tell you, it yeah. costs hundreds, if not thousands of dollars a month. Right. So buying automobiles, and we're not just talking about you buying your automobile, mm-hmm. Bubba. You got to buy Kimberly's. Right. And then you got John Burton, mm-hmm. and you got Thomas Henry. I mean, Lord, yeah. dude. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, right now, I think I've got five or six. I, I will say this. One time, uh, Kimberly was in the market for a new vehicle, and it was time for her to get one. Mm. And we both discussed it and talked about it. She'd driven a number of different vehicles, and she found one that she liked. But I made her go through the process of buying it all on her own. Ooh. Yeah, I'm surprised we're still married today. <laughs> 
But at least she knows the difficulty and and the process associated. And that was a number of years ago. Yeah, yeah. She, yeah. I haven't made her do that again. Yeah. Well, I, I'll tell you. You know whether the 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 male uh, seems mm-hmm. to do most of the financial kinds of things in right. the in the relationship, or the female, the person who kind of lets the financial stuff mm-hmm. fall on the other partner. That person, you're right, does need to go through some of this. That's right. You need to experience. Because, you know, God forbid, what if the, the mm-hmm. partner who's doing all the financial stuff gets run over by your beer truck? Right. Huh? Mm-hmm. I mean, we all are going to die. Yep. And we, we don't necessarily get to choose mm-hmm. the sequence right. in which we do. Mm-hmm. And it's really bad to be left as that partner, male or female. Yeah. And you've never done this before. And I can't tell you the number of phone calls I got that that day while she was in in the office there. Mm-hmm. Do I need the undercoating? <laughs> you know, do I need the extended warranty oh, yeah. plan? Do I? Oh, oh yeah. yeah, oh yeah. yeah. We went through it all. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Because or, once well, she did. Yeah. yeah. And once you do meet the finance guy, right? Mm-hmm. He's really the advanced sales guy. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's really what we ought to call yep. him. Because he's there to close out the deal, and he's in there to see if he can do some add-ons. I mean, that's what the whole process right. is about. And so he's, you know, yeah, he's the finance mm-hmm. guy, but he's mostly the advanced sales guy, and you need to know that. Uh, so that's where the presentation about the undercoating yeah. and the extended warranty and all that mm-hmm. stuff comes in. So back to the things you don't need to say. You don't need to say, I love it. And you don't need to say, I need to have a certain monthly payment. The other thing is you don't need to let them know that your car is just about to come off lease. Yep. Mm -hmm. Does that basically tell them you're pretty desperate? You're under the gun? Mm -hmm. Huh? You don't, in any negotiation, you don't need to let me know you're desperate. Right. Huh? You just think about it. You're trying to sell, you know, a four-wheeler to your mm-hmm. your next door neighbor, and you find out that this dude is some kind of hunter. Mm-hmm. He's gonna hunt every chance he gets yeah. every year. And oh, by the way, his four-wheeler doesn't work anymore. Mm-hmm. Guess what? You're probably not gonna come down much on your price, right. are you? Because mm-hmm. the dude's pretty de- pretty desperate. Yeah. And when you tell somebody my lease is up next week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> The guy thinks, you know what? I'm going to be your savior. Right. <laughs> I'm going to step in and help you out. We're going to make it all better. Oh, can I? You know, and it's basically like you telling somebody, not just I need some new wheels, or I think I'm in the market for some new wheels. You're basically telling somebody. I have to have new wheels by next Monday. Or I'm walking. Yep. Mm-hmm. Huh? You don't want to appear that way. Now, that leads me to a, a, a point or a question. Buy or lease? Well, yeah, I was thinking about that a minute ago. Mm-hmm. And you were talking about um, when you, you lead off and you say something about, well, I can only afford 350 or $500 a month, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if all you're worried about is a lease payment, right? Why not? Or, or a, a car payment, right? Mm-hmm. Why not just lease? And, and I'm telling you, I can argue with you. I can do financial mm-hmm. planneritis right. here because I've got it all the way to the mm-hmm. bone. All right. So, so I, I have it. And I can argue with you and I can put the numbers and, and explain to you over time and value for your money mm-hmm. and building equity, blah, blah, blah. Right. I, I can convince you that you most of the time need to be buying. Sure. But if you're one of those people mm-hmm. that despite I show it to you on paper, 
and you're going to get a new car every three years or, or four years, no matter what. Yep. And you want to get the most car you can right. for the monthly payment that you're willing to expend. Right. And you're never really interested in owning mm-hmm. a car. It's kind of like the, yeah. the discussion between buying a house and renting yeah. a house. Mm-hmm. There's some people, they move into town, they're only going to stay here a year or two. Well, and, and I'll take that, that leasing concept one step further. Um, rather than leasing a vehicle for four years, if, mm-hmm. if you just want the latest and greatest and mm-hmm. don't really care, mm-hmm. why not rent? Well, that's true. And I, and I think increasingly you're going to see that option become more prevalent going forward. Now, when you say rent a vehicle, you're talking about doing it through the... Uh, budget, Alamo, Enterprise, all those rental companies, right. right? Yeah. And you can rent a car for the month. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I know a number of individuals uh, who are in the sales field mm-hmm. and do a lot of traveling, uh-huh. and it makes sense for them to rent a vehicle. Uh-huh. You know, they put it in their budget, and they, uh-huh. they rent a vehicle. They get tired of it. Two months yeah. later, they go pick out another one. Yeah, yeah. Because we were talking mm-hmm. to a guy the other day, and he told me, he said, you know, I've got a truck from when I was in college. Mm-hmm. So on the weekend, if I need a truck or I need to right. bounce around or mm-hmm. I want to go into the mountains or whatever, yeah. and I'm not going to take mm-hmm. the the rented vehicle, right. I've got that truck. Yeah. And it's been paid for forever, mm-hmm. and I really don't care what it right. looks like because I bang around in it anyway. Mm-hmm. But during the week, I'm coming to see people like you, Cooley. Right. And I want to be in a nice, decent mm-hmm. Pretty fashionable vehicle. Yeah. And what he tell us he pays a, a week, something like that, and he got like unlimited miles and yeah. and he's gonna get, you know, most of that back when he mm-hmm. when he does his expense report. Right. Uh, Maybe an option. Sure. So there are a variety of options. And one of the things you may wanna let a salesperson know is you're not ignorant. Right. You know there's leasing available. Mm-hmm. You know there's renting available. You know, uh, I can continue to drive the one I have, mm-hmm. huh? This is not the only. This is not the only medicine in sure. the cabinet. Yep. Huh? It's not my only option. So uh, don't say you love it. Don't tell them your payment, and don't tell them that, you know that you you're under a time crunch mm-hmm. here and your lease is up next week. Um, I'm going to take another break here at the Advisors Roundtable. We're going to do two more things you don't want to say when you're buying your next vehicle here on Super Talk Radio. Welcome back to the Advisors Roundtable. Certified financial planners Greg Cooley and Bubba Labus with you on Super Talk Radio. And uh, Bubba, we're talking about uh, going and buying your car and things you don't want to say. Now, we've gone through three of them so far. And before I get to number four and number five, because we promised people at least five things they don't want to say when they buy their next vehicle, I want to make um, a, a little deeper point related to preparing before you go. Information is power in just about everything in your life, whether it's your health care or your lawn maintenance or whatever. Information is power. And when you go buy an automobile, uh, there's two or three points of pieces of information that you need that you need to have been prepared with before you go. Number one is you need to know what your budget is. You don't necessarily need to tell them what your budget is, but you need to know what your budget is. And Mm -hmm. number two is you need to understand a little bit of this process. 
how it works and how they get paid and what the car's really worth. There are ways to do this online. Mm -hmm. You can find out online, you know, I'm going to buy a 2017 whatever, whatever. Kelly Blue Book, there are a lot of different ways to go online to to find out what not only the vehicle you're possibly going to be shopping for Mm -hmm. is worth, but what you're worth. That's right. Your your car is worth if you're going to be doing um, a, a trade in. You know, negotiating experts call this creating leverage. Mm-hmm. So if you come on the lot and you're just happy go lucky and you just love the vehicle and you you know you it, 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 you'd probably walk away if they can fit it in your budget of three hundred and fifty dollars. Yeah. They don't really respect you that much. Mm-hmm. But if you come on and you understand how the process works and you're not very committal and you, you see this as a negotiation and you understand the values, nine times out of ten, you're going to walk away with a better deal. That's right. And that's really what this discussion is about, as we said. We want the playing field to be level. So don't say you love it. Don't tell them what your payment needs to be. Don't tell them that next week your lease is up. Number four, uh, You demand right out of the bat. I want a $10,000 trade-in for my car or I'm going to leave. You know what you've done? You've basically shown your hands. You ever play poker? Mm Mm-hmm. Huh? Yeah. Is it a good idea to show Phil your hand while you're playing poker? No, it is not. It's really not. You know what you want them to do is you want them to give you the number first. So a few weeks ago, I decided that I needed to get another vehicle for my youngest daughter. Going off to college, mm-hmm. she needed a bigger, more substantial vehicle than the little runabout that we had around town. Right. And so I start uh, investigating and, and determining what the budget was going to be and all those sorts of mm-hmm. things. But she had the little runabout, the little car that we're yep. going to trade in or sell. So I checked with a couple people that I, I trusted, and they told me, you know, that car ought to be somewhere between six and $8,000. Right. In the condition it's in, you, it, it, if you sell it to somebody, you ought to get six or eight, mm-hmm. trade it in, you ought, somewhere around six or $8,000. I went to one, uh, she and her mother, uh, one day mm-hmm. while I was working, they went to um, a car lot, and they wanted to give them $5,000 as a trade-in. Mm-hmm. Well, right off the bat. I knew that wasn't going to work. Sure. Now, I didn't tell them that my range was six to eight grand. Mm-hmm. I let them give me the number first. Right. Because if they'd given me a number of about $3,000, I'd have known they're crazy. Right. This is non-negotiable. But they were pretty close to my mm-hmm. range, but still really not there yet. Right. We continued to shop. I ended up getting $7,500 mm-hmm. just because I waited. Right. And I knew exactly what it was worth, Mm -hmm. and I let them show their hand first. So don't show your hand. Right. Number four, don't show your hand. Don't say, I want Mm $10,000. You say, I want the best trade-in I can get. What will you offer me? Right. That's the way you do it. Number five, I've been looking all over for this color and these features. Mm Hmm? Hmm? That's kind of like the first one yep. where you say, I just love this car. Mm-hmm. If you tell them that this is the color, these are the features that you've been wanting, it's just another form of telling them that, you know, 
I want it. Right. And I'm going to be so upset if I don't leave with it. It's become an emotional thing for you, and it's not a financial negotiation. Um, I had a friend of mine who's in the car industry, and one time he told me, he said, long time ago, when I first got trained in this industry, they told me that somebody told uh, who came on as a prospective buyer, and, and they said, I love the color, or I love the uh-huh. features, or I love the car, or I've been looking all over, whatever. He said, you know the analogy they gave me? And that is like going on a first date with a girl, and as soon as you pull out of her driveway, she looks over at you and says, you know I'm going to kiss you at the end of the year. Right. The whole mm-hmm. date, what are you thinking? Don't mess it up. Don't mess, Don't it, mess up. it up. <laughs> Don't mess it up. Right. And he said that's exactly what the mm-hmm. car salesman's thinking. And when you say I love this car or mm-hmm. these are my features or this is my color, all he's thinking is, man, for the next hour or two, all I, all I got to do, just don't mess it right. up. Just don't mess it up. Mm-hmm. And what we want you to do is for you to go on the lot thinking, I don't need to be messed with. Yep. Huh? Now, did I say you needed to have a bad attitude about it? No. No. I mean, this can be an adventure. And you may be able to get a better car than you drive now. You may be able to get the car that's the color you want. And you hopefully will get a car you love. Well, and and I guarantee this. If uh, you go into that scenario or situation Mm -hmm. armed with a little bit of knowledge, a little bit of what not to do and things to do, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. You're going to have a much more enjoyable experience buying a vehicle Uh and probably go out and say, hey, you know what? I went to such and such Mm-hmm. dealership or this car lot or whatever and mm-hmm. I you know I bought a car there and and they were great and nice just mm-hmm. because you were a little bit more prepared yeah yeah and nobody likes to be taken advantage mm-hmm. of or feel they've been taken advantage right. of do you no never ever I mean you go to the doctor you don't want to be taken advantage of you you you, you hire somebody to paint your house you don't want to be taken mm-hmm. advantage of you buy a car you don't want to feel like you've been taken yep. advantage of. It's it's kind of one of the, the points of adulthood. Mm-hmm. And that is, you know, I want to be fairly respected for the person I am. And I want to get a decent deal. I'm not just here to make you money. I'm here to try to get a good deal. And if you are armed with some information, then yeah, you're, you're probably not mm-hmm. going to be taken advantage of. And you're not going to have that feeling. You remember the first time you bought a vehicle on your own? Oh, yeah. All right. Been a number of them, but yeah. All right. So uh, how old were you when you bought your first vehicle all by yourself? No aunt, no uncle, no parent, Um, nobody to help you. 21 or 22. All right. All right. Did you buy a new or used vehicle? Bought a used vehicle. All right. Did you know the vehicle before you... Did not. Bought it on a, uh, on a lot. Okay. All right. Back then, which was 20 years ago, right. did you have as much uh, information available to you? You didn't, you know, the, the yeah. internet and all that sort yeah, of stuff? Yeah, so you had the information available to you, and, mm-hmm. I, and I did uh, a fair amount of homework, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing that I did find out is what I wound up paying for the vehicle and what they, and I, and I looked later, mm-hmm. like after I, 
and they had it on the internet as a special, and it was $500 less than what I paid for it. And I was pretty torqued up and worked up about it. Uh So I go back down, Uh and and they made it right. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Um, How did you find out? I mean, you had already done done the purchase? Yeah, already done the purchase. But you went back? And just happened to be looking at their their website, Mm. dealership website or whatever, and I was like, Mm -hmm. wait a minute. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, and I felt good about the deal already. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, but turns out that the vehicle was advertised for $500 less than what I paid. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Speaking of information, really being power. Right. I mean, even uh, post deal, mm-hmm. the information was power to you, wasn't yep. it? Mm-hmm. And 20 years ago, $500 mean a lot to you? Oh, yeah, it did. Huh? Absolutely, it did. <laughs> yeah. Abs- I was like, it, wait a minute. Just uh, print this out right here. I, you know, I'm going to see yeah. see these folks. Yeah, yeah. yeah you mm-hmm. said it was this, and yeah. you know, uh, you sold it to me for that. So, yeah, information is very important. And when when you bought that vehicle mm-hmm. and all subsequent vehicles, was every experience a learning experience? Have you gotten yes, better it at was. it? I would say so. Huh? Now you get ready to go buy a vehicle. I mean, you can, you're to the point you can teach your mm-hmm. wife and children how to do this. I, well, I would hope. Yeah? Yeah. But still, I mean, even even though, uh, I'd probably still have something to learn. Yeah. I think we all yeah. do uh, in, in every uh, facet of life. Mm-hmm. But our point today with all this and spending an entire mm-hmm. show on what to do and not to do when you're buying a vehicle is so that everybody out there mm-hmm. maybe thinks a, about it a little more than sure. they have. First of all... It cannot be, it does not need to be an emotional decision. Huh? It needs to be a, a financial negotiation. Secondly, don't be afraid of the math. It's not that complicated. Mm-hmm. Huh? Uh, and, and thirdly, try to discipline yourself not to say these five things. So let's right. quickly review. Don't say I love it. Don't say there's a certain monthly payment I have to live with. Don't tell them that you're under the gun on your lease. Don't give them and reveal to them what your trade-in mm-hmm. dollar amount is. Let them reveal their number. And don't tell them that you just absolutely love the color and the features. Right. Because they know, just don't mess it up. Right. And they need to know that there's a possibility you'll walk away. Hope we learned a little bit today here on the Advisors Roundtable on Super Talk Radio. discussion and content expressed by the host of the Advisors Roundtable are intended to be received as news, educational, and entertainment or unit items and are not to be accepted by the listener as legal, investment, insurance, or tax advice. Opinions and views will be expressed by guests of the Advisors Roundtable and those opinions and views are those of the guests alone and do not necessarily reflect the views of the Advisors Roundtable host or any of its affiliated radio stations. All information provided is educational in nature and is not intended to be acted upon without first consulting the 
the appropriately licensed professional of your choosing. Before acting upon any information obtained during an advisor's roundtable broadcast, an individual should understand matters are extremely tax-specific and require advice tailored to individual facts and needs. Certified financial planners Greg Cooley and Andrew Labus are registered representatives of S.A. Stone Wealth Management Incorporated. Securities offered through S.A. Stone Wealth Management Incorporated, member FINRA, SIPC. Advisory services offered through Ignite Planters, LLC. Ignite Planters, LLC is not affiliated with S.A. Stone Wealth Management Incorporated. Mm-hmm.